0: Hello His People, welcome to our second uh, His People online um, sermon and uh, I know it may be interesting for you to do church this way. Let me tell you, it is very interesting for me to talk to a camera. I'd much rather speak to you face to face and have the interaction etc. Uh, but this is what um, we're going to do and and uh, I firstly just want to commend you as we Entering our third day of a very historic lockdown in South Africa, I want to firstly uh, just commend you all for for just um, your solidarity in, in in this initiative by government, and uh, I I really do believe that um, this is the right action the government has recommended, and uh, it is a national effort and. Uh, it, it really is, we are thinking of our fellow South Africans uh, in staying home. I, I know uh, for those of you in business, etc., um, it it's, it's hard. But um, when we think about the nation, um, I really believe that this is the right action. And so I've actually entitled my message, and I, um, I've entitled it the 21-day gift and I've been thinking about this quite a lot this week, uh, since it was announced. And um, there are many challenges, huge challenges involved in in shutting down for 21 days. Um, but I, the more I've been thinking about it, I've been thinking about, Lord, how are you going to work good out of this situation? And the Lord always does. And uh, I'm going to be sharing with you... Um, in this message entitled, The 21 Day Gift, what, what we can focus on, what we can do to, to make the most of this time and, and cause it to be a blessing, not just to us, but also to others. So, won't you come with me on this journey as we just unpack and we look at the various aspects of this 21 Day Gift. And so, firstly, I want to say, I've been thinking about the whole concept of limits, biblical limits or boundaries are found all over scripture and um, i was just uh, reading some of the some of the books by pete gazzaro again who did the emotionally healthy spirituality and emotionally healthy leader most emotionally healthy relationships uh, books and courses and and I, and I came across this quote, and he's referring here to, in, to Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30, which speaks about the parable of the talents. And uh, Pete writes in his, in his one book, he says, Emotionally healthy people understand the limits God has given them. They joyfully receive the one, two, seven, or ten talents God has so graciously distributed. As a result, they are not frenzied and covetous, trying to live a life God never intended. They are marked by contentment and joy, and and I, it's a concept I've I've honestly wrestled with the concept of limits, and I, and I think the reason is that in in contemporary culture, there's very much the, the mentality of there are no limits and and I absolutely believe for each generation, for each person there are limits that God wants us to break through. But there are also God-given limits and there are times where we kick against the goats and we get frustrated with limits that are that are sent by God for our for our blessing, for our protection, and, and it's a very fine line between breaking through limits or or restrictions that God has placed on us and kicking against and resisting God-given limits that are there for our protection boundaries. And there's uh, is is such a fine line of, of actually moving into the whole the whole realm of actually the, the realm of rebellion, when we, when we actually overstep the mark, overstep the line. And um, this is a season, these 21 days, it's a season where we all experience very real limits. All South Africans are asked to stay at home for 21 days. Very real physical limits. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to reveal things in our heart. We're going to be tested. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But I know God can work Amazing things in our hearts, if we will allow Him, cooperate with Him, and if we will embrace limits from God, there's so much He can do in and through our lives. So let's look. Let's look on. And I've just put up two more scriptures as we consider this whole concept of limits. In John three verse twenty-seven, this is actually John the Baptist. This is a, this is quoting him. He said this: "A person." Can receive only what is given from heaven. A person can receive only what is given from heaven. Such a beautiful statement of limits. Um, and if we just reflect on the story of the talents, not every person has ten talents to use the metaphor. Some of us have three. Some of us have seven. We aren't all perfectly gifted and have all the strengths that that humans uh, can possess. But to embrace the strengths and the weaknesses that God has given us brings incredible liberty, brings incredible freedom to us. And so, even as we look at the limits these 21 days place on us, let's reflect on our personal limits. And um, this scripture in Luke 4, 1-13 is the story of Jesus' temptation. And, and if you think about what happened in the garden, the garden of Eden, it's a story of a couple, Adam and Eve, that really stepped over the limits that God had placed there. God said any tree, the only one he put a limit around was the one that they went to and they rebelled against God's limits. Here we see in the garden, And not the garden in uh, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. The enemy also comes to tempt Jesus. The same approach as he came to Adam and Eve. He came and he was testing and seeing if Jesus would overstep the limits. He came and said, you know, he said, "Look look at the stones. Why don't you turn it into bread? You're hungry. Jesus could. But the Holy Spirit had led him into the wilderness for a time of fasting. And him turning stones into bread, breaking his fast, would not be what the Holy Spirit had led him to do. He'd be overstepping the limits and uh, going beyond God's will for that season of his life. And we see that in all three temptations. The enemy's trying to get him to step over limits, go beyond his limits. And Jesus never did. He didn't give in to temptation. That really is what all temptation is. Tempting us to go beyond God-given limits that are there for our protection, for our blessing, and so embracing limits is 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 just so beautiful. The challenge is to discern what are the limits, what are the restrictions people have put on you, what are the restrictions that 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 our society have come under that are not biblical, that are not godly. Uh, throughout the generations, people have fought for freedom, and, and many of those great causes. Have been godly causes. Um, but when we when we are when we are kicking against the goads, as the Bible says, in terms of godly limits, we move into the area of rebellion. And so this is gonna be a testing time. Who knows what what I'm gonna discover in my heart, who knows what you're gonna discover in your heart in these next twenty-one days. So let's just look on. The first point I wanna just make is that this is a beautiful time. For us to spend time with him to spend time with jesus spend time with the father and i want to tell you the story of abba anthony it's another one of pete Cesar's stories and he tells the story of this yeah he was a he was one of known as the desert fathers and in in the first few hundred years um uh, up to and, and this story actually happened in, in, in the 300s around there he was one of he, he became one of the desert fathers when the story happened, he wasn't a desert father. He was one of the many who spent their time in the desert seeking God and and being with God. And um, the story goes that the emperor emperor wanted to meet with Anthony, and uh, so Anthony wasn't known as Abba. Anthony then went to his mentor and and spoke to his his mentor and and said, "What do you think? Do you think I should go?" And meet with the emperor. And his mentor said something very simple. But something so profound. He said, if you go and meet with the emperor, people will know you as Anthony. But if you remain in the desert, you will be known as Abba Anthony. And Abba means father. A spiritual um Father. And that's really what Abba meant. And, and he said, you know, you, you could go and meet the emperor and become famous. But what will your spiritual impact be? What will be the long-term impact of your life? And sometimes all the doing doesn't always make a lot of difference in the kingdom. 21 days spending time with the Lord could make a much greater impact in your life, in my life, in our lives, in the long term than if we just carried on doing what we do normally. And so, who knows what God can do with 21 days. And so, what, do we, what can we do? What does it look like spending time with the Lord? And if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, reading your Bible is, is, is the, the go-to place. But I want to encourage you. How about trying a devotional? We're we, we sending out regular devotionals as these people church and so if you're part of our uh, His People um, Church WhatsApp broadcast group, you'll be you'll be getting the devotionals. That we've got a team together to to write devotionals, and and I want to encourage you. Maybe maybe it's time to try a new devotional, or find a good Bible reading plan. It's so easy nowadays with so many Bible apps. Uh, I've been amazed at. Just the variety and the different focuses that Bible reading plans can give you. The next thing you could or we could do is spend time in prayer and worship. And uh, we could spend days just talking about prayer or just talking about worship. I just want to encourage you, why not exploring new realms of prayer and worship? Having communion daily as a family, we've endeavoured to do this and I'm, I'm amazed at the depths of meaning there is in communion. And especially in a time like this, I was so struck about, struck by just the story of the Passover and the symbolism in, in the Passover, the story of the Passover. And, and it just ties into the, the, the symbols and the emblems of communion. So I want to encourage you to have communion daily then I want to encourage you to practice waiting on God in silence and solitude or with soaking worship music. Just waiting on God. What a beautiful time just to wait on God. And sometimes waiting on God can be the hardest thing but the most profound thing, the most life-changing thing that we could possibly do. So spend time with Him these 21 days. What a beautiful, beautiful gift it is. The next, the next point I want to make is, let us spend time with people. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And this scripture is one of those, I can't wait that we can actually come together and meet again in, 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 a, in a church service But I want to encourage you that meeting together doesn't have to stop. We praise God for technology that enables us to to still connect with people. What does it look like? Firstly, I want to encourage you, why don't you phone someone and pray for them? And the significant thing about asking if you can pray with somebody, I often find that if you ask somebody if you can pray for them, it just takes the conversation deeper. I often find it just, it just, often just reveals the heart. It reveals what's what's really on people's hearts. And so, um, I want to encourage you, why don't you phone somebody and just offer to pray for them. And I think probably the greatest prayer offer that we could give people is to offer to pray with them to receive Jesus. To surrender their lives to the Lord. In a time like this, with so much um, insecurity and turmoil, People are longing, are looking to pray the prayer of surrendering their lives to Jesus. And then I want to encourage you also why not have fun time and quality time with the people that are are in your home. I realise some people uh, are, are staying alone but I want to encourage you instead of just spending hours on social media or playing silly little games on the phones or whatever, why not enjoy having some special time, fun time and also quality time? And what that looks like for you can mean so many different things. Next thing I want to encourage you in this 21-day gift is to get some exercise. Exercise is so important. I want to encourage you to exercise at least once every two days. And uh, this scripture is is, is a lovely scripture, so I just want to read it to you. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, verse 7 to 8, it says, Rather train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And this scripture is absolutely emphasizing training for godliness, but it's just highlighting that bodily training also has value. And I to encourage you, there are many ways you can do it. Uh, we, we discovered the 7-Minute Workout. Very easy to download. There are so many different versions of the 7-Minute Workout. And it's so easy to do. All you need for a 7-Minute Workout is a piece of floor, a chair and a wall. And I'm sure you have space like that where you are staying. A floor, a chair and a wall. And I'm telling you, uh, after those seven minutes, you'll know about it. And uh, and explore new ways of doing exercise. The next one I want to highlight is this, this area of reading or studying something which you have not had time to do previously. This could be a gift. This could be a gift. I know I often have a pile of books next to my bed Books that I want to read that I haven't got to. Maybe now is the time for you to get into some books that you've been wanting to read. Or to study something. And um, and I've just been noticing so many adverts online for free courses left, right and centre. there's something you want to get your teeth into, now could be the time. The next thing I want to highlight is take up a hobby. <laughs> take up a hobby. You know, hobbies are so good for you. I remember years ago I heard that the number one hobby that pastors engaged in was actually woodwork, and that is one of my one. It's definitely on my list there. And I thought, well, you know, Jesus was a carpenter, maybe there's something in it. But there's something about using your hands. If you may, if your hobby doesn't involve using your hands, some creativity, just um, some some space where where you get out of the routine of what you would call your normal work. And you, 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 you feel productive in, often in terms of producing something, creating something. Uh, so why don't you, why don't you uh, just take up that hobby that you maybe have wanted to or haven't got to for a long time. Next point I want to make is having a look at your finances. There's no doubt that what started as a health crisis is, is in many areas of the world um, turning into a financial crisis. Now, Proverbs 21:27, 27, sorry, verse 12 says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. What are we talking about? I believe it would be prudent to, at this stage, look at cutting out non-essential spending don't you know what that looks like for you, but I believe it's a time that we need to look at these things. The next point I want to make about looking at our finances is is just picking up on what two Corinthians nine verse ten says, which speaks about, and I've just been I've just been aware of this this whole week, of not eating your seed that the Lord has given you for sowing. And this, this, this story is, uh, is, is the, well, this little scripture is referring to a farming scenario. Let's just read it. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And this is a picture, it's really a farming picture, and a farmer who will harvest seeds, be it maize or wheat, or whatever seed they would harvest, there is a portion of that harvest that would definitely go towards bread to provide provide basic needs. But there's a portion that needs to be set aside to be sown back into the ground for next year's harvest. And it is imperative that the farmer does not eat the seed that is meant to be sown into the ground for next year's harvest. And I just want to I just want to encourage you. Times like this, there are there are so many people that in times like this, the generosity of others is what will just be for them a lifeline and really just a symbol of God's love for them. And so I want to encourage you. There are many places that I know people do sow their seed, but I just want to encourage you don't eat your seed. Remember the scripture says the Lord supplies seed to be sown. There's a portion of what the Lord provides to you because he sees you as a conduit to, to pass that seed on uh, into into other places. But he's the same God who provides seed for your bread, for making your bread. He provides both. And so just the, the Bible says that the seed for sowing uh, will increase the harvest of your righteousness. There's a harvest that comes from the seed that is sown. That is so much greater in eternity than the seed that the Lord provides for our bread. The next slide I want to go to. I want to encourage you in this 21 days. That is a gift. Why don't you take some time to dream with God about your future, looking at these three different areas: people you need to build with. And I put the word alignment there. Beginning of this year, one of the prayer meetings. I think it was one of our I think it was Ola who suggested that we just write down two words what we feel the Lord is saying to us for this year. And one of the words I wrote down was alignment. And I think there were one or two other people who had very had the same, if not similar, similar words. And alignment is so important. Alignment it has got to do with the people that you need to build with. They say when you find your tribe, you find your purpose. And I want to encourage you to really pray about your alignment. Other things that we can dream with God about is career options and also studies. Um, Many areas I encourage you to to dream about. The next thing I want to look at is allow God to show you if there are any idols in your life. And let's just read the scripture. Exodus 20 verse 3 to 5 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And many people kind of think, well, today we in the 20th century, we don't make idols. We don't carve wooden images and bow down to them. But an idol isn't something necessarily that's carved. An idol is anything that would take the place of God in our lives. Anything. And I, I see the, the, the impact of this coronavirus on the nations. I see, I see health systems just taking incredible strain. I see financial systems just, just under huge pressure. And I'm just, I'm just aware of idols, things we put our trust in apart from God. Putting our trust in finances is, is as old as the hills putting our trust in medical science, in in healthcare, in, in, in all those things that we can put our trust in. It's as if the Lord is saying, yeah, how big is your idol? How strong is your idol? Can your idol really save you? And you know, folks, in the times we're living at, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, Lord, are there any idols in my life? And, uh, and it's a simple, simple, simple response of saying lord forgive me forgive me for putting my trust in finances or, or whatever it could be i put my trust in you there's a scripture that says some will trust in horses and some will trust in chariots but i will trust in the lord and and this is a time for the lord may be challenged challenging us where is your trust is your trust fully and wholly and completely in the Lord. Well, if that's the case, then the scripture doesn't apply to you. But the Lord may just be highlighting some of these in our lives. The next point I want to make is, in these 21 days, this gift, I want to encourage you to receive the gift of peace. The gift of peace, or shalom, that Jesus is offering us. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So amazing, in the scripture, Jesus speaks about giving us a gift. It's literally the word that is used in scripture. There it is. And I looked in a number of translations. The picture is literally of Jesus offering us a gift. Imagine a gift that's nicely wrapped and given to you. And he says, But this gift is peace. And you know, the word peace in the Hebrew, I'll put it over there, is the Hebrew word shalom. And and this was a greeting. This is how Hebrew people used to greet one another, and today they still do. They will greet one another with the word Shalom, which means peace, The simple a simple translation, but it's so much richer, it's so much bigger than that. Shalom literally means a complete sense of well-being. And Jesus is saying over here, I'm offering you a gift. What do you do with a gift? A gift needs to be received. And part of this 21 days of not having, having to go into work and I trust and I hope many of you are able to slow down. But that in this time, you could slow down in work and not have any peace in sight. I remember the, the very famous quote, No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Sounds the same, but when you write it out, the first one is no, K-N-O-W. No Jesus and no peace. The second one is spelt N-O. No Jesus, no peace. There's a peace that Jesus is offering us. It's a gift. He says it's a gift. A gift of peace of mind and heart. I love the Amplified. This is what Amplified, same verse. This is how the Amp puts it. Peace I leave with you. My own peace. I now give and bequeath to you. This is so important that Jesus made the point of this is my peace. This is literally the peace that Jesus walks in. This is the peace that caused Jesus to sleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. Folks, there's no doubt it's stormy in the nations today. But just as Jesus was able to sleep in the boat in the storm, if we have his peace, we can sleep in any storm. This is the peace the Lord is offering us. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Wow. Do not permit yourself to be fearful. You know, this command, do not fear, is found throughout Scripture. I forget how many times the Lord says, do not fear. It's the opposite side of this coin. Part of receiving Jesus is that we do not allow our hearts to fear. And I want to just look at, I love the the Passion Bible. Same verse, what the Passion says here. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Thank you, Jesus. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear, or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. It's very interesting how how this translation doesn't just say do not fear; it says be courageous. And and what Jesus was doing, if a if a Hebrew person who knew their scriptures heard Jesus saying that, they would have heard. The words that Jesus was referring to were the same words that that Moses commissioned Joshua with. If the Lord spoke to Joshua directly in 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 um, in the Old Testament, particularly in the Book of Joshua, it's these same words of "be strong and courageous." Jesus was actually using the same language over here, and a Hebrew person would have heard that, he would have heard, "Sure, this is this is this is what the Lord is saying." And uh, I just want to put the the cross-reference over here. Joshua 1, verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. Jesus was using that same language. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. For me, this last phrase over here, this is why we don't need to be frightened nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Knowing the Lord's presence means we know his peace. The same peace that Jesus has right now. Jesus is not threatened. He's not freaking out about any viruses. He never has. And throughout the generations, wars and rumors of wars and plagues and pestilences have gone across the earth. Jesus is still on the throne. He's still Lord of Lords. He's still King of Kings. And his purposes will be be, brought to the earth. The earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Idols are falling across the earth and I don't believe the Lord has a problem with that. The scripture is very personal though. The scripture is so personal. It says, Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so my prayer for you this day and for the next how many days is it? We've had three when you watch this video tomorrow morning, Sunday morning. So, another 17, 18 days to go that you would know that you would walk in His peace and enjoy this gift, this gift of 21 days. I believe we could look back years to come at these 21 days and say, Wow, Lord, that was a profound time. That was such a gift from You. It was hard. It wasn't easy. But Lord, you did so much in our lives. You made such a difference. Your kingdom advanced so powerfully in our lives and in the earth as we embraced this gift, these limits that have come our way and said, Lord, do your work in and through us in this time. Let me pray for you. So Lord, we, we just want to thank you, Lord, that you work good in all things. Lord, and you're going to work good in these 21 days. And so Lord, just as 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 I put a number of ideas in front of people of of what these two could happen in these next 21 days, Lord, I pray that by your holy spirit you just breathe on them. Breathe on these ideas, Lord. You show us each individually which of these which of these are things that you have for us, Lord. But Lord, above all, I pray that we would know your peace. The peace that you give to us. The gift of peace. And Jesus, that we would truly, truly, truly know what is to have your peace in the midst of the storm, Lord. We thank you that you are with us, Lord. And because you are with us, Your peace is a reality. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.